Well, it's good to be here again, even if it's just a short visit. Um, as probably many of you know, um, uh, oh, well, I've been away for nearly a month now filming a documentary, which I spoke about last time I was here. Um, so I'll just talk a little bit about that. You know, one of the things the Lord said to me, he said he wanted me to start making a documentaries. And he said to interview people from, a, from wide walks in Christianity. So, you know, um, I've interviewed people who you haven't heard of. I've interviewed people who you have heard of. And I think the Lord wanted to do that so this message could be received by a wider audience of Christians. And some of the interviews, in fact, most of the interviews, in fact, all of the interviews were just, went better than I had expected. Um, the, the Lord was just with me. One of the issues I was concerned about is traveling to America, losing my luggage, which is, happens a lot. So I really prayed into that. And I felt the Lord was going to look after me in, in that respect. So, you know, as I think it was last time I was here, I was talking about we need to visualize Jesus and, and see him like he's here. Where is he? So, you know, I'm at the airport and I, I just, I've had my passport over and I'm going, you here, Lord? And yeah, he was here. And I said, Lord, you're looking after my luggage. And as my luggage was moving along the conveyor belt, and there was an angel moving along with it. It was quite funny, actually. <laughs> and so I knew, yeah, that's, it's not going to be a problem. And the Lord was just with me this whole time. I was sitting in the plane, are you here, Lord? And I would begin to um, tune in to the frequency the Lord is at, and there he is. He's in the plane with me. It was in, this has been an incredible journey just for me. Um, some of the people I've interviewed, uh, I really didn't know what I was going to get out of some of these interviews. And I, some of them were so difficult to set up that I was 24 hours away of, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, look, I'm not going to interview this guy. It's not going to happen, but it happened. So I'm driving to this guy's house, and I'm going, Lord, I don't know if, if this is going to work out. And he said, no, you needed to make this connection. And this guy was a little wary of me. He, um... <laughs> he, and he said, you know, I don't agree, necessarily agree with everything your father preaches and teaches, and I said, well, you know, um, we're not here for that. And anyway, I, I asked him, so, because it's the documentary is about frequencies, and I asked him, so if I say frequencies and 444, does that mean anything to you? And he goes, oh yeah, I've been studying frequencies for two years now. And I got to talk with him beforehand, and I filmed the interview, and he spoke for 80 minutes. I mean, you, I could make a documentary just on what he said. Um, and so he, this guy is into exposing technology that is being used against people. 
So his life has been threatened uh, in the past. So uh, I'm just amazed he invited me to his house, not knowing who I really was. But, you know, some of the things he said, which I'm not going to include in the documentary, but I'm going to tell you, um, things like the entertainment industry, so music, film, television, plays, the whole thing was designed to control people. That's what the number one reason for entertainment is, to control. And we, we have to consider, you know, Satan's been on this planet, manipulating this planet for 6,000 years. He's been putting people in places for his purposes for these last days that we are facing. And when he said that to me, it was a bit of a shock, but no surprise, really. I mean, I spoke last time I was here about uh, the Disney company, and that's just one company. He talked about how TVs and the circuits in your house are specifically designed... TV, I'll talk about the TVs. The TVs resonate a frequency that basically put you into not, not a coma, but you know, like you're comatosed. So whatever comes across the TV goes into your subconscious. Now, your subconscious doesn't know what's right and wrong. Whatever your subconscious receives, it thinks your subconscious uh, receives that as truth. And so this is what televisions are doing. They are emitting a frequency that put you into a state of receiving. And, you know, that's why we need to be really careful what we watch on TV. I said this last time. So here's the science for it now. And it's, I've heard stories of people watching TV shows that have been possessed by demons. Specifically, the shows are specifically designed to demon-possess people. You know, we have praise and worship here, and the praise and worship, the music opens us up to the, to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The same thing is happening. But it's all from Satan. The, their wiring in houses is a certain hurts. It disrupts the human body. You see all these things, technology. I'm not against technology. I use technology, but I'm careful with it. And technology is one of the things Satan is using to infiltrate us. Uh, why is he using technology? Because he wants us to be reliant on it. And we get to a point where, no, I can't do without my phone. I've got a suggestion for you. Why don't you do a fast from your smartphone? Yeah, amen. Just do one day. See how that goes. Try a week without your smartphone. And see how dependent you are on it. The whole reason for this is, so when Satan comes on the scene and presents the mark of the beast, people are so dependent on technology they'll say, I can't live without it. Yeah. I can't. I can't live without it. 
And what's that? Satan's setting himself up to be worshipped. You know, we should be in a place where we can't live without Jesus. But the world system is making us reliant on technology, which is going to be the downfall, where they'll say, I'm going to receive the mark of beast because I can't live without it. I was talking with a Christian, and he said he wants to put a chip in his grandchildren so he knows where they are. And, I, and my wife Anna was there, and she said, but that's the first stages of the mark of the beast. And he said, that's a load of rubbish. And this was an ex-Baptist minister. And his son was with him, and his son said, what's the mark of the beast? Wow. I was just blown away by that. How Satan is just pulling the wool over people's eyes. I'll see what else I've written down here. Okay, um, I was talking to some, to some musicians. I spoke with three musicians, and they all virtually said the same thing, that music in the world is mathematically produced uh, to keep you listening to it. And they know that. The musicians know that. They, it's, it's down to the second. They put a chorus in at around the 53-second mark. And you can time all the music to it. It's around there. I haven't got the exact seconds, but that's where it is. And the sound technicians know this as well. One musician was saying that... Um, he said, oh, I want to change the chorus on the sign on the song. So the sound technician just went 53 seconds in and there was the chorus. Because it's mathematically and scientifically proven to keep you listening to their songs. Another thing where you can see the entertainment system, yeah, entertainment system is about control. Radio stations dictate what the musicians play and sing about. If you want your songs to be played on a radio, they'll say, we want songs about this and we want the music to be like this. It's all about control. There is a set of words um, that people use in songs. I can't remember the exact what it's exactly called, but I think it's... What did I write down on the side here? Um, I might be wrong, but... They're called magic words. And they have a list of some thousand words. Once you get to a certain level in the music industry, they teach you these thousand words that you are to use in your songs, and they don't mean what those words mean. They mean something else. So just to give you like a, uh, something you can understand, and I don't know the words, so I'm just giving you an example. The word love... In these magic words means sex. So that gives you an idea that whatever words they're using that changes the entire song. Alton John is quoted as saying, I use these words in all of my songs. 
and you don't get to know this list of words that don't mean what they say until you're very high up. It's all about control. I, I want to also talk about um, the 5G network that's coming out. 5G network, the frequency is so high that they have to increase the power uh, so they can get it to you and they're installing more cell towers uh, because it's, the signal's not getting as far. But with this 5G network, they're increasing the power so much that it increases the radiation. And they, they've done tests and it caused cancer in rats. But they swept aside the, the research. I was talking to a telecommunications guy where I live and he said to me, yeah, we're installing the new 5G network and to get people onto it, we're going to give them unlimited data to get them onto it. And these guys know that it's dangerous. So, you know, as, as good as technology is, we need to also be wise, discerning yeah. as to what we should use. You know, it's a good practice to turn your wireless routers off when you go to bed. Um, and I have a, um, let me get the name of it right, an EMF blocker, which you can install in your phone. Like if you have a case, you can put it in the back and it stops electromagnetic fields. You can also wear them around your necks. And like airports are full of electromagnetic fields which are dangerous. Um, so I recommend... I have one when I go through airports. Um, just make sure... Don't get one from a new age shop because um, you don't know what else they're going to do to put in it. Uh, but there are Christian companies that sell them as well. Um, Moving on. You know, I've been talking about the reliance of technology that is will usher in the mark of the beast. So we need to start unplugging now while it's easy. Um, and I've, I've been doing that. Um, you know, I don't carry my phone with me. I leave it away from me. Uh, you know, I won't look at it for a couple of days. And, you know, people aren't going to get upset. They'll just say, well, I didn't get your message. You know, we, we've got to start unplugging because if we don't start doing it now, by the time it's too late, you won't be able to do it. Um, so yeah have a fast from your phone yeah. other thing I want to talk about which the Lord really brought home to me before I left Australia is persecution is coming yeah. Christianity will be outlawed Yeah, it's it's already beginning. 
So we need to make sure we train our children up to resist it. You know, when we come into the kingdom of God, when we come into his kingdom, it's all not all roses and sweet smells and no when we come into the kingdom of God we become resistance fighters and we're at war and war will not finish until Jesus returns that we don't have the luxury of I'm going to take a break we can't do that time is incredibly short incredibly short And we need to train up our children to say, I won't deny Jesus Christ. And if that means losing their lives and losing your life, then we need to start getting that mindset. You know, I brought this message in Australia just before I left which was good because I could just throw the hanger and run. <laughs> so I got a plan to catch. Um, and I said to them, especially in Australia, you Australians think they're safe. And I said, you're not safe. Persecution is going to be worldwide. The Bible will be banned. Christianity will be outlawed. And what happens... If you're found out to be a Christian and they come to you and say, renounce Jesus Christ. Now that's bad enough if your life is on the line. What happens if they point the gun to your wife, your husband, your kids, and say, renounce Jesus Christ? Because it's coming. I mean, I would like to think that I would be able to stand up to that. But I don't know. Would I? Would you? You know, most people know my sister died about 26, 7 years ago. But you know what? I'm going to see her again. And if I lose my life, and my kids lose my life, and my wife lose her wife standing for Jesus Christ, I'll see them again. But if I renounce Jesus Christ, it truly is game over. You know, I can't save my wife. I can't save my children. Only Jesus can. My wife can't save me. We have this mentality of, and I, I've, I've had this too, I'll just stick to someone spiritual and they'll be safe. It's not going to happen. Because you're making a God of them. You know, if we put anybody before Jesus Christ, they become an idol. And what does God say? He gives you over. He gives you over to your idols and that gives Satan permission to use whatever you worship against you. 
So we need to start seriously thinking about this because it's coming fast. And no one is exempt from it. I mean, I wouldn't want this to happen, but it's a reality. Millions of people are going to lose their lives in the coming years because of, of what is coming. And you know, people don't want to hear this message. I don't want to hear this message, but it's a reality. We need to put Jesus, we need to put Jesus first. He's the only one who can save you. He's the only one who can save me. And you know, our nations are a direct reflection of where the church is at. And what is happening in our nations is a direct result of what we are doing. I mean, where, you know, the whole same-sex marriage law has come into Australia. Why? Because the church did not rise up against it. And now I was speaking with my wife this morning. There was an abortion bill going towards... Uh, um, going in that you can abort a baby this is in Australia this is what they want to pass you can abort a baby as long as it's not born this is what we're up against I mean who's going to do that what what doctor or or whoever is going to do that I I just can't get my head around that. And, you know, these bills shouldn't even be put into Parliament. But they're being put into Parliament because the church is not standing up. And we really do need to cry out to the Lord for our nations. Let's not make things worse. Than they are because you know, abortion brings in murder, brings in the spirit of murder. It's not guns that murder; it's the spirit behind it. So all of our focus, you know. Actually, let me find that scripture in Revelation. I think it's four. Yeah, Revelation 4, we'll start at 9. It says, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worshipped him who lives forever and ever, and they cast their thrones, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honour, power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist. We were created. You know, I don't, don't know who these 24-hour guys are, but they are obviously in a position of power and authority, and they threw their crowns down before him. How much more should we throw our crowns down before him, 
how much more should we throw our lives down before him? We really need to focus on Jesus, not the world. We really need to get out of this world. And I know some of you, after my last message, I spoke about Disney, have have started going down that path. And I'm here again saying, get out of the world. Because it will pull you in, blind your eyes like this ex-Baptist minister who said, RF chips are not the beginning of the mark of the beast. And his son goes, what's the mark of the beast? They're just blinded by the world. The world is blinding. Get out of the world. Get out. Start unplugging from the world. Focus on Jesus. You know, when I, I, I can't remember when I said it, but I said, you know, when you come to church, Scripture says, wherever two or three are gathered, I am there. Jesus is here now. Can you see him? Can you see him? He's here. He wants you to see him. And you can do it. You know, I gave you the exercises at that conference. Are you doing it? You know, on my trip, this, I've been away for nearly a month. I'm going, are you there, Lord? Yes, there you are. And then I tune into the angels. Are there angels here? Yes, there are. It's about tuning in to him and forsaking the world. We need to practice this every day. Every day we need to practice it. We need to read every day. Get this into you. You need to spend time waiting on the Lord. I think I gave this example last time where my son studying at university. I went up to his room to have a chat with him and he said, oh, I'm too busy with uni. And the Lord said to me, you do that to me. You're too busy for me. And I spend time waiting for the Lord. The Lord knows when I spend time waiting on him because I do it every day at the same time. He knows that and I wait for him. Sometimes he comes, sometimes he doesn't, but I continue to wait because I don't want to miss him. Man, if I knew I'd missed him because ah, I can't be bothered getting up, it's, I'm tired, I want to do my own thing today. I could have missed him. Because when he turns up, he changes your world. Start focusing on the Lord. Get this into you. Because this is the truth. And what does it say? The truth will set you free. When you have this in you, you won't be deceived because we're lacking discernment. But if you know the scriptures, you'll be able to say to the devil, no, because you know the scriptures. If you don't know the scriptures, you're like, I don't know if that's the devil or not. Um, Have I told the story 
about when I was in LA in the hotel room. No, last the 2015. Have I told that here? Yeah. Okay. Not everybody might have it. Okay. So, I'm going to. Sorry. When you were ill. Yeah, I'll cut the short story short, but I feel it's important if you haven't heard this story. I was in my hotel room, Los Angeles. I was feeling ill, with a migraine headache, and I knew if I didn't deal with it, it would get worse. So I, I got up. And I started warfaring against it. Um, I, I don't know how many hours. It was a couple of hours. I just kept on warfaring against it. And I heard a voice that sounded like the Holy Spirit say, lie down on that couch. We're going to take you home. And I stopped and went, wow, that had authority with it. It sounded like the Holy Spirit. But, no, there's something not quite right. So I said, no, no, no. And I continued praying in tongues and warring against this migraine head. And again, this voice comes, no, really, go and lie down. You're going to be seed and we're going to take you home. And I tell you, it was very convincing. It was a very convincing voice. And I'm sitting there going, is that you, Lord? You know, and you've got to remember, I had a a migraine headache trying to come on. I was feeling nauseous. And then I heard another voice, very quiet, say, one word, remember. And my memory went back that the Lord had shown me a part of my future, but it hadn't happened yet. So then I realised this voice, other voice I was hearing was a lying spirit. So I said, no, that is not going to happen. And I just ramped up my warfare. And about a metre away, the spirit materialised. It was the spirit of death. Had I submitted myself to that spirit of death, it would have killed me. It would, and I, I saw that it would have killed me with a heart attack. So that's the short story. So we need discernment. And how do you get discernment? You read this and you spend time with the Lord and you learn his voice, not the voice of the world. So I'm going to end with an exercise. We're going to find Jesus in the room. And... I'll tell you when to go. I want you to just ask the Lord, where are you? Because he's here. I can see him. I want, this is what I want you to do. I want you to say, where are you? And I want you to focus on Jesus and you will get a picture of where he is in this room or if your eyes are open, Uh, Sometimes I do that. I'll just scan across the room and go, where are you? And I'll find him. So this is what I want you to do. We're going to do this for five minutes. And I want... He's going to walk around, so follow him. Follow where he walks. So I want you to do that right now. You can keep your eyes open and closed. So where are you, Jesus? Let's start exercising our spiritual senses.
And you can ask him a question. What are you doing? Have a look at what he's wearing, because he doesn't always wear the, the Bible gear. I've seen him in jeans and a white T-shirt. to share what, where they saw him. Yep. I saw Jesus walking down that way. So I was going into the bathroom and then just turned around and came down this way. Anyone else? Come on, you saw him. Yeah, over there. Jump in. Yeah, you go for it. Yeah, yeah, come on. I just saw him by the door. Um, I mean, he was just eating bread. He was just, you know, he just looked quite relaxed. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty chill. <laughs> I'll t- take this off. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Come on, this is good faith exercise. I didn't show him with my visual eyes, but I felt him standing on that uh, stand there. And uh, I perceive that's he was looking for the heart of the people. Yeah, I saw him over there as well. And that that's what he does. He wants to see your heart, your heart attitude. If it's towards him, that's what he wants. So, yeah, just to confirm that from the minute you started talking when you said Jesus is here you know right at the beginning of your talk I knew he was there right there and um, the interesting thing was is his presence was over us he was covering us and he was encouraging us and we were part of family and I saw his protection over you Mark yeah, thank you Lord so you know yeah Mm. Yes. So, and that's so the Lord as well. He wants us to take his hand. And I've done that. Um, I go for walks um, on, through my, on my property. And one day I was walking and I realized I've got four angels behind me. And that's, that's unusual. 
to have four angels behind me, and I thought, that, that's weird. So I kept on walking, and then I realized the Lord was walking with me. And I reached down and grabbed his hand. And he never said anything, and I never said anything. Just him being there was enough. And this whole walk, I held his hand, and I realized these angels didn't want to miss it. So they came along because they knew the Lord was going to turn up. Yeah, anybody else? I didn't know whether it's my imagination. Um, well, it is my imagination. Initially, I, I, I felt that I saw him at the back, but with his arms spread right out, and he was very big and overshadowing a whole of us. But um, then um, I felt he walked down here and just touched my head as he went past. Yeah, and you know, the Lord can be in lots of places at the same time. So just because people see him here doesn't mean he's not somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, and don't let the devil rob you of this. He'll say, you just imagined it, it wasn't real. Okay, that's a lie. What you saw was real. And if you get those thoughts, you rebuke them and cast them down in the name of Jesus. Well, if there's no one else, going to be brave. Yeah, it could. Yeah, I have no problem with that being Jesus. Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah, and, you know, the Bible says also about angels that, you know, we might entertain them unawares. And I've had many stories where Jesus has turned up in the flesh and talked. And you're going to see that happening more and more. Jesus is going to come into the meeting and take over, and you will see him in the flesh. So that is coming. So don't be surprised and expect it. You know, he doesn't necessarily will look like him. You know, when he rose from the dead and talked to the two disciples on the road, they didn't recognize him. He can come in any form. But yeah, believe it, he is coming in the flesh and he is going to teach us. Thank you, Mark. Uh, 